Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 30 of my Train Your Mind for Athletic Success podcast. The next group of episodes will examine what I call mental tools. But before I dive into the topic, let me share with you what I mean by mental tools. One of the challenges of helping athletes with the mental aspects of sport is that many think the mind can't be changed. You either have it or you don't. And if you don't have it, you can't get it. For example, if you don't have much confidence, well, you'll never be confident. Or if you've always gotten nervous before competitions, you'll always get nervous. If you hold this belief, I want to challenge it. Are you able to overcome physical weaknesses and develop your fitness? Of course you are, by putting time in the gym. Are you able to change bad technical habits and become more skilled in your sport? Of course, by putting time in your sport practicing. The mind is no different. If you put in the time and the effort, you can change the way you think, the way you feel, and how you perform. You make these changes by creating a mental toolbox filled with tools that help you perform your best and achieve prime sport. Let me use an analogy to explain why developing a mental toolbox is so important to your athletic success. Imagine you're driving down a road and you get a flat tire. You pull over to the side of the road, open your trunk, and see that you have no spare, no jack, and no tire iron. And because there's no cell service, there's no AAA you can call. What does this mean to you? Well, you're stuck where you are. But if you get a flat tire and you have the necessary tools to replace the flat with a spare, and of course you know how to use those tools, in a short time you would be back on the road heading toward your destination. The reality is that you're going to have a lot of flat tires, metaphorically speaking, in your athletic life and your life in general. They're simply an unavoidable part of pursuing your own personal athletic greatness. You will feel the burden of expectations and pressure from yourself and others. You're going to get discouraged, nervous, and distracted. You'll have difficulties mastering new skills in your sport. And yes, you will fail to perform up to your ability and not achieve your deeply held goals sometimes. These struggles are inevitable. These are your flat tires. What is not inevitable is whether you overcome these obstacles and stay on the road toward your athletic goals. Only by creating your own mental toolbox will you put yourself in a position to fix these problems when they arise. So the next episodes will explore five mental tools that I find the most influential, particularly on the day of a competition, in preparing you to perform your best and for overcoming the certain quote-unquote flat tires you will experience as you develop as an athlete. With all that said about mental tools, the topic for today's episode is emotions. This episode will be the first of three that will explore the immense impact that emotions have on sports performance. Emotions play a vital yet often underappreciated role in athletic performance. In fact, emotions aren't just important in sports, but even more so in our lives in general. Emotions give our lives and our sports participation texture, depth, and richness. Often without realizing it, emotions are what propel you in your athletic life. Ask yourself why you participate in sports. Common responses I hear are, it's fun, excitement, joy, satisfaction, pride, and inspiration. Gosh, those are all emotions. What do all these responses have in common? Again, they are all emotions. As a result, emotions are an essential piece of the prime sport puzzle. From the Paralympian Amy Mullins, an athlete experiences the emotions of pain and elation through triumph and defeat, through teamwork 
and individuality as nothing more than a human being. That is the true glory of sport. Now, the challenge with emotions is that they can be weapons or tools. Unfortunately, you can't just feel the positive emotions, such as happiness, gratitude, and hope you experience in sports. Think of emotions as two sides of the same coin. You can't feel the emotions that feel good without also being willing to experience the emotions that don't feel good. So it's not really a matter of whether emotions feel good or bad, but rather the effect they have on the way you think and how you react in your sports participation. Too often, the so-called negative emotions act as weapons against athletes. These emotions are typically experienced as negative, for example, fear, worry, or despair, unpleasant, seemingly uncontrollable, often overwhelming, and hurting your psychology, that is reducing motivation, confidence, and focus, and your physiology. They create anxiety or apathy. Also, they interfere with training and competitive performances. And most importantly, they just feel bad. But emotions are also not just phenomena that you experience in reaction to your sports participation. Rather, they can also be used as tools that actually promote your athletic success. In this case, emotions can be experienced as positive, pleasant, controllable, moderate, where they actually bolster your psychology and your physiology, they drive performance, and yes, of course, they feel good. From this perspective of emotions as tools that can foster athletic success, you have several goals as you gain experience with your emotions as tools. First, to experience the broad range of emotions that are common in sports. You can't cherry pick your emotions, meaning you can't just choose to feel the good emotions and ignore the bad emotions. You have to be willing to experience and accept the entire range of emotions that you will experience in your athletic life. Second, you want to recognize those situations that most commonly trigger the bad emotions and then to understand where they're coming from. For example, they often come from baggage such as overinvestment, fear of failure, an outcome focus, or expectations. You can refer back to earlier in my podcast for the obstacles that are most commonly related to emotions that interfere with your athletic efforts. In this process of recognition and understanding, you can learn to let go of their impact and no longer become a victim to them. Third, rather than keeping your emotions bottled up inside of you, you can learn to express them, particularly the unhealthy ones, in healthy ways. For example, instead of throwing a tantrum after a poor first half, you can channel your anger into intense motivation and an aggressive mindset that would allow you to have a strong second half. In making the shift, you're turning those emotions from weapons that hurt you into tools that help you. That is, you invert the well-known adage from swords to plowshares. From Ellis Cashmore, the author of Making Sense of Sports, mentally tough athletes are not emotionless. They're just skilled in subordinating emotions to the greater requirements of winning competitions. You also want to understand your emotional life. Of all the mental areas that impact your athletic life, emotions are perhaps the most difficult to understand. We of course experience emotions all the time, yet we don't often know what causes them or how to deal with them effectively. To increase your understanding of your emotions, there are four aspects you should focus on. First, emotionality involves how strongly you feel emotions. Some people don't seem to feel emotions very strongly. We think of them as either stoic or made of Teflon, where life just slides off of them. Others feel emotions deeply, 
whether incredibly intensely highs or debilitating lows. Still others lie somewhere between the two extremes. Emotionality has been shown to be largely genetic. You're born somewhere along that continuum. Expressiveness is related to how much you express your emotions outwardly. Many people confuse expressiveness with emotionality. Yet some people can be very emotional, yet turn the emotions inward and not express them at all, so others can't tell what they're feeling. As with all of these qualities of emotions, you lie somewhere on a continuum from wear your heart on your sleeve, that is to say openly and intensely expressive, to hold your emotions close to the vest, that is you hide your emotions from others. Third is direction involves how positive or negative your emotions usually are related to your athletic life. Do you mostly experience pride, fun, inspiration, and joy in training and competitions? Or do you mostly feel anger, frustration, worry, and fear? Obviously, if you tend toward the negative side of the continuum, you'll want to take a close look at what is causing such negative feelings and either figure out how to make a shift in the positive direction or perhaps consider whether sports participation, which is causing such unpleasant emotional experiences, is the right thing for you. Finally, control means how well you're able to consciously regulate your emotions in a way that not only helps you feel good, but also helps you perform your best in your sport. In other words, the degree to which your emotions act as weapons against you or tools for you. An essential part of achieving prime sport involves learning to exert control of your emotions in a way that fosters performing your best and feeling good about your efforts. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 30 of Train Your Mind for Athletic Success, and be on the lookout for episode 31 in the near future.